Let's get into it then. All right. Awesome sauce. I ask that the gods and goddesses of our respective paths bless this circle so that we may be free and protected within this space. And if you have this one word, pagan or paganism. For the pagan community. Exactly. Right. The, the big umbrella. And that was fucking fantastic. The best of the podcast of ever. Hey! We're, we're three pagans. Exactly. We're three pagans. And a cat. And may the works this day of be of the highest good for all present and those listening. So mote it be. The circle is cast. Hey folks, CJ Grimm here from Poking Dead Things. It's a hard job doing what we do, and it can get kind of gross. We know that you work hard too, so I'm here to tell you that at the end of a hard day, nothing beats a hot bath and a cold beer. So treat yourself right, head to Twisted Willow Soap Company, and indulge in a bath bomb with your favorite six-pack. Remember, the only girly thing about a bath bomb are the sounds you're going to make in excitement. Twisted Willow Soap Company. Body. Mind. Soul. The spirit world around this world of sense floats like an atmosphere, and everywhere wafts through these earthly mists and vapors dense, a vital breath of more ethereal air. Welcome to Spiritualism and Theosophy, the 93rd episode of Three Pagans and a Cat. Our opening today is courtesy of 19th century poet Henry Wadsworth Longfellow. You may call me Ode. You can call me Carr. I'm Ode's father. Mary Neat. My name is Gwyn, Ode's mother, and I'm going to issue a short PSA right now stating that while you listen to this episode, if you hear us get, oh, passionate strident. or strident or argumentative, it's not that we're really all that upset with one another. It's yeah. just that we are passionate about our individual topics. And we and we disagree on some things. And we do disagree on some things, but there is still the love, and Carr just remains neutral. He becomes <laughs> Switzerland. Yes. yes. Generally speaking, Gwen and I will get into what sounds like an argument, and Carr will be like, stop arguing! And we'll be like, we're not, we're not arguing! <laughs> we're just, you know, we're stridently making our points. Uh-huh, yeah. As if you don't do that. He's giving us a look. He's giving us a look, but he totally does it too. It's like a family thing. So anyway, we have two new kittens. <laughs> we love you, kittens. We have two new cats who are Chelsea Piccarilli and Malx. We're going to go with those two. Okay. <laughs> and we still love our Welcome cats. <laughs> and then we have three new hunters, Sarah Mims, Zed Caster, and Ryan Hopkins. Welcome, hunters. So there you go. That, that's that's up to date on that. Nice. I do a every Sunday from 2 to 4 Eastern Standard Time Zoom call that you can find the information about on the Facebook pages or also on Discord. That's just a hangout time. Beyond that, Gwen <laughs> does a 8 a.m. Monday through Friday meditation on Facebook Live. And mm-hmm. those are recorded, so if you can't be there at 8 a.m. You can watch it whenever you want. That's right. Even days later. Yep. That's right. Even a month later, because you've probably been doing it over a month now. It's probably been close to two months. Yeah, yeah. so you can yeah. go back and watch it. You've been doing this most of quarantine now, yeah. yeah. Since yep. it began, yeah. You can um, now binge meditation. That's that pretty much said, it. also there is a link that is posted on the Discord. It's also posted on both the Facebook page and the Facebook group about uh, the potential for our upcoming movie. Right, and right. Uh, the link for that is HTTPS colon slash slash tinyurl.com slash Three pack live, so three P A A C L I B E. So that's the number three. And you can use yeah. that to vote on the movie that you want us to do. Yep. yep. And currently 
the Adams family is, is winning. winning. Yes, right. By so a there, significant margin. There are five films up there right now to choose from. We'll watch a range of these over yep. time, but mm-hmm. just trying to pick what the next one will be. That's Although right. I am considering, because we have to wait for permission mm-hmm. from right. the movie company to do something. Okay, we have to movies. get authorized. Right. Yep. But there is another movie that we can watch, so <laughs> if everybody is willing, then we will watch it. And as, a, as an intermediary as until an we get intermediary, the next major yep. one. Um, and it's called Reefer Madness. If you've never seen it, it's about, it's about the, the dangers, dangers of, of marijuana. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's from like the 60s. So yeah. no, um, the 30s. 30s. It was oh, that's the right. 30s. 30s. It yeah. looks it's like black a riot. And white. Yep, it's, it uh, is from the 30s, and I'm saying marijuana because that's how they that's fucking how they spelled it. it. Yeah, yeah. So um, I with think the, it was, the I think the it actually marijuana. said I think it said the marijuana with an H. Well, oh my god! Instead well, of we'll a J. Yeah, 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 so, anyway, we'll figure it um, out. It was. I'm so seeing a lot of support funny. in the Discord, so it looks yeah. like we'll be doing. All right, that. cool. So <laughs> yeah. I'll put that up here soon, and maybe next Sunday or something we can do, or next Friday. Next Friday, because we talked about doing them on Friday nights instead of Sundays. Because, because the... other people can do it. More people oh, can do okay, it. Okay, sure. Yep. Do we have any more any housekeeping? More... Oh, except that there should have been a new intro to this episode because we are going to be using now the intro provided for us by Velocity Rose. Exactly. Yes. Yeah, so when you hear the weird new intro, don't go. Don't panic. Weird <laughs> new intro. It's, it's the same old show. It's the same old Just show. Just got a new intro now. With a right. new intro. Yep. Which is going to be very confusing because they're going to hear this explanation after, after they hear the new intro. After, significantly after. But that's okay. All right. So on to different things. Yes. On to the episode. Yes. We are going to be talking about spiritualism and theosophy because they were sort of, sort temp- of contemporaries yeah. to yep. a certain extent. The theosophy, we figured out, didn't come along until about midway. Well, about 40 years, well, after, 40 years spiritualism after spiritualism started. Right. But they became popular at yes. about the same time. About right. the same time. And theosophy seems to have a more, at least my perception of it, because I don't, these are not topics in which I have like a huge stake. Right. Or knowledge base. No, or which yeah. I knew a lot about prior to this, to right. doing some research for this episode. Mm-hmm. But my understanding is that theosophy was more formalized than spiritualism started out as. Yes, yes that's true. Yes. Spiritualism, uh, there were actually two potential definitions. The first is a system of belief or religious practice on supposed communication with the spirit of the dead, especially through mediums. The second is the doctrine or philosophy that the spirit exists as distinct from matter or that the spirit is the only reality. Right. Those are the basic understandings of spiritualism as it came to be known. As it developed. As it developed. So theosophy, according to the dictionary, Mm -hmm. is any number of philosophies maintaining that a knowledge of God may be achieved through spiritual ecstasy, direct intuition, or special individual relations. Especially the movement founded in 1875 as the Holy Shit. Theosophical. That's it. Society by Helena Blavatsky. Yep. And Henry Steele Olcott. Mm -hmm. And in that definition, I feel like you can hear they were influenced. Madame Blavatsky started out as a spiritualist and eventually moved away from that movement to create theosophy. So you can hear that there's some... There's some similarities. Some overlap. Well, theosophy has a very wide range of acceptable beliefs. Mm -hmm. There's Mm -hmm. only... You only have to agree with, like, one basic tenet. 
Yeah, and theosophy really is what um, developed eventually into the New Age movement and understanding. Yeah, much more so than spiritualism. Much more so yep. than spiritualism. Yep. Although, surprisingly enough, both spiritualism and theosophy did have some influence on modern paganism as we understand it today. Theosophy, I think, had more influence mm-hmm. on uh, on modern paganism and especially on the New Age movement. Yes, yeah. yeah. And theosophy basically was a combination of like Neoplatoism and Gnosticism mm-hmm. kind of mm-hmm. thrown and, together. Uh, and a lot of East Asian yes. and South yeah. Asian yep. traditions. Interestingly, with spiritualism, it actually started, even though history kind of says that the sisters, Kate and Maggie Fox, were mm-hmm. the origin or the start of spiritualism as we understand it today, it actually could be linked to a few other people before because they were children when when they started 14 and 11 I believe yeah I yeah. think is about that age range but actually several years before there was a, a young man named Andrew Jackson Davis who um, he which learned, let's just say let's get in every name of a president I was say, right? Again. <laughs> they did that a lot that was, that was that and there's no way that was incidental it was so either, <laughs> some parent was like I'm naming this child back then it was either a president or a missionary uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. this young man, Andrew Jackson Davis, he learned about the work of Mesmer mm-hmm. from Germany. Who Yes. Um, Did y'all know the practice of mesmerism was, in fact, named for a the man named Mesmer? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can't remember what his first name was. Franz. Franz, 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 Franz Mesmer. Mesmer. And he believed that there <clears throat> that the body had, like, a, a fluid energy. It that, was like a magnetic fluid. A magnetic fluid, fluid yeah. that could be manipulated Within the body, using basically healing touch, right? The power of his mind, mm-hmm. and spirit, and connecting to spirit for healing, because he was a doctor. So that was like part of yes, uh, black cat saying like Reiki, it's more m- like uh, the magnetic stuff you yeah. see, yeah, magnetic more, healing, yeah, yeah, magnetic healing. But I think it was kind mm-hmm. of a precursor to the concept of both hypnosis and eventually that that idea of healing. I mean, I there know, have been other healing there have been other healing before, traditions, but, but I think. I think I think it bears a closer resemblance to magnetic, magnetic healing than it does healing. to Reiki. Interestingly, Probably. the other person who really influenced spiritualism mm-hmm. is Emanuel Swedenberg. Yes. Who is a Christian theologian. Mm-hmm. Yes, and actually a lot of <laughs> spiritualists were Christians. Yes, right, they were. Yeah. But basically, he became part of the Mesmer movement. He went to... Yes, Andrew Jackson yes. Davis. Yeah, Andrew Jackson Davis became part of that whole movement. He went to, I guess, performance a seminar, a seminar. Yeah. In Blooming Grove, New York. Yep. He experienced that, and he went into a deep trance state where he said he began to experience connection with spirit. And he became essentially a seer. He had all these interesting revelations about how we as human beings can communicate with spirit on a different level than what we've been doing. Apparently, I think he wrote a book. He started making doing talks and mm-hmm. doing readings for people and things like that. Not really seances as we as they came no. to be understood, but... but Spiritual communications. Spiritual communications, but not the same way as what became spiritualism. No. But he did, a year before the Fox sisters experienced their phenomena at their home, right. um, he claimed that spiritualism, is, is was his, how he termed it in his book, spiritualism would become a force in the coming years. Yeah. And a, a year later, Kate and Maggie well, had their experience. And, and on the date that Kate and Maggie quote-unquote, had their experience. Um, 
You're going to hear it. Just get used to it. On the day that Kate and Maggie reported this yes. phenomenon, there you go. Um, he wrote in his diary that he woke up in the morning mm-hmm. and felt like a warm presence over him that mm-hmm. told him very gently but firmly, brother, wake up. I forget the exact wording, but something about how... It's happened, and there's been, like, a direct manifestation. Gotcha. Now, a lot of the information I'm going to be sharing about the Fox sisters comes from a book written by Barbara Weisberg called Talking to the Dead, Kate and Maggie Fox and the Rise of Spiritualism. It's a book I actually got at at a used book sale, like, years ago. (laughs) Yeah, it's been sitting on the shelf for for a while. And I I read it back then, and then when we decided we were going to do this, Mm -hmm. I read it again. She is one of the main historians of who is not involved in spiritualism. She comes from a more academic view. So what she said was that in 1847, taken from various stories that have been shared, David and Margaret Fox and their two youngest daughters, because they had six children, most of them were adults by then. They were grown and went to, they took their youngest daughters. Kate and Maggie. Kate and Maggie. And they moved to Hydesville, New York, because they had land that they were going to build a farmhouse on. And so they needed to have a place to stay while that house is being built. Reportedly, depending on who you read, reportedly this was considered a haunted house and supposedly five years previously a peddler had been killed there. Right. Local but, legend. Local yes. legend and... No I, no record of it actually no, exists. No, so, yeah, so it's exactly. Just- it's just legend, local legend. Right, yep. Probably about six or so months after they moved in, sometime in around March of 1848, 1848 yep. they began, they were awakened. The entire family was awakened by rappings and tappings all over the house. And husband, David, was actually a, a pretty devout Methodist. The, the wife was, she was more open <laughs> to things, I guess, but she was also, she considered herself a Christian. So they were investigating. Right. And apparently this happened for several nights. And so finally Kate, who was the youngest at 11, she was with her father in one of the rooms where the wrapping was taking place, one of the bedrooms. She asked a question. I believe the question was, tell me how old I am by tapping how many years. How many years. Right. And she got an answer to her question. And so from there, it just kind of blew up from there. Yeah, there are multiple stories about what the first reported questions were. Mm-hmm. The story I read uh, is that Kate and Maggie like ran out like into the road mm-hmm. and got a neighbor to come mm-hmm. to the house, mm-hmm. and their mother asked the questions mm-hmm. and got tapping in return. And I've heard that it was actually the father that went mm-hmm. to the neighbors. There are, uh, there are there a are whole multiple range stories. of stories about this. And it's because neighbors and people and people in the community would come in, and apparently the place was just bombarded with people and they would be asking questions and over time these rappings and tappings actually became associated without just not just yes and no but with an alphabet similar to morse code yes so that they could they created a whole system of communication with these with this spirit who eventually identified himself as the with the name Uh, that they cannot prove. So is the spirit from the upside down? Because if they could just make lights blink, we would be <laughs> into stranger things like, right. instantly. I know. So anyway, so that's essentially what happened. And ironically, Leah, who eventually became part of the trio of sister the mediums, Fox sisters, the Fox yeah. sisters, she actually was married and living yeah, um, somewhere else. in Rochester, I think. Yep. In Rochester, New York, and she heard about this going on from the newspaper because they, it had gotten big enough in their area for 
the family to actually move out of the house and go live with David, the son, who was named after the father. And Well, um, and I believe Kate and Maggie went to go live with Leah. Well, No, they went to live with Amy and Isaac Post. Yeah, okay. they went to live with Amy, Amy and Isaac Post, who were in neighbors Rochester. in Rochester, who were, gotcha. who were friends and, and knew their parents. Right. They were also Quakers. Or actually, they had left the they, Quaker. They were Hicksville Quakers. Yeah, they so were they were specifically Quakers. Elias Hicks followers. Elias Hicks was, oh, what's the best way to put it? A, a radical Quaker. Yeah, he was ah. a radical Quaker. They believed in ability to communicate with spirit as far as... So a lot of things that normal Quakers didn't believe. Yeah, exactly. Right. And they didn't really read well, the Quakers Bible. It was like, more... I mean, Quakers, the reason why they have the name is because right. they quake. Right. You know, and so that's the, that's that's the, the spirit, spirit right. working okay. with them. Yeah. But... Amy and Isaac Post were much more open and much more radical in their mm-hmm. belief system. Yep. And they were some of the first converts. And they were some of the first converts to that form of, of Quakerism, but also to spiritualism. Right. Uh, because they, so they... they were searching for something. They were yep. searching for something. And this is interesting because apparently that area of New York was big for this kind of thing. The Mormons got their start there before they went yeah. to Utah. The, the Quakers, the Millerites got started yeah. there. Yeah. A lot of religious movements started there. It was a area. lot. And I, one of the things I was reading actually on another source, they said part of that was because Calvinism at the time was advocating infant damnation. Mm. That if a child died before, yeah, before they were baptized, their soul was sent to hell. And that yeah. did not make people happy. And the mortality rate for infants at the time was, was one in two. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So a lot of people so, were not compelled, did not find that a compelling exactly. yeah. theology. So there, was, so there was a lot of people who were kind of, they were, you know, didn't like what was going on in, with Calvinism. It was, they were you looking know, for an alternative. Yeah, it was that whole Jonathan and this Edwards. Was pre-internet, so. Yeah, it was this whole Jonathan Edwards, you know, sinners in the hands of an angry God kind of. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Belief right. system. So they were looking for stuff. So when along came these two little girls who were saying that they could communicate with spirits, people were like interested, and mm-hmm. and so eventually, like I said, they got ran out of their home because so many people came to check it out. But the posts started doing tests in their home mm-hmm. because supposedly the, the spirit followed them. Right. And then they moved, you know, anywhere they moved the girls, the, the spirit communication right. continued. Mm-hmm. And you can either say it's because it was faked or it was because they were mediums. You know, mm-hmm. it, it could go depending on what you believe. Sure. Or the spirit attached to them. Or the right. spirit attached to them. Exactly. Yeah. <clears throat> so, and, and in the beginning, it really was just wrappings and tappings and things like that. But yes, over, and then it evolved. <laughs> it evolved over time to be much more communicative and more mediums started coming out of the woodwork. And to be not just more communicative, but much more visually dramatic. Yes, but that came a little bit later. To make a very long story short, in even <laughs> to make a really really long story a little, a little bit shorter. shorter, the Fox Girls probably a year or two had gone by. They were starting. They were going around on tours, basically. Yeah, they, yeah, were, they were on tour. They were yeah, on yeah. tour. They were gaining followers. They were, it, and mostly and, from this radical Quakerist yeah, movement. Yeah. So they were going out and speaking. In the smaller in Quaker halls. halls. Yeah. And well, the reason being mm-hmm. is that the Quakers at the time were not big into anti-slavery or women's mm-hmm. rights. Mm-hmm. And so this radical group was. Yeah. And so that's why they split off. Exactly. Right? But so they did take them to like one of the bigger halls where um, like some of the big abolitionists went to speak. Right. Things like and that. And where they held shows. And, and they held shows. Yeah. And they would essentially do performances. And hundreds of people would come like they do 
four nights in a row and like two or three hundred people would be in attendance and things like that. But they also had their detractors. And that, especially that first time, Kate was not a part of the first time that they did this. Because she was the youngest. Because she was the youngest. But it was Maggie and and Leah, I think. They underwent some really embarrassing testing. They were taken aside by women who basically had them strip and searched mm-hmm. and yeah. things like that. And they just, I mean, there was a lot of invasive types of things going on. But nobody could really prove that they were faking it. Nobody could come up with concrete proof that this was either true or a fraud. Right. There was enough doubt. There was enough doubt. Yeah. So, anyway, as time went by, they all started doing shows, which eventually started charging for. And started making a lot of money. Yeah, they started making a lot of money, particularly Kate and mm-hmm. Maggie. Um, I guess Although Leah, they also had to deal with a lot of publicity yep. that was not good negative. for them. Yeah, yeah they had yeah. a lot of negative uh, publicity. And, in fact, by the time we get to them 40 years later... And they've got this huge following mm-hmm. uh, within the spiritualist movement. And by by like 1860, 1880. And have really sort of at the same time that they were rising, risen the prominence of spiritualism. Yeah. At yeah. one point, there could have been as many as 8 million sp- uh, spiritualists in the United States and Europe. Because they had right. gone across right. the pond. They, they'd well. gone abroad for they'd tours. They'd gone abroad. And so, but um, Kate and Maggie, like, like I think Kate especially, like, had a serious alcohol problem. It was actually both of them. Yeah. And what happened there was Maggie actually she married a man who was a Protestant and who really did not approve. So that seems like a mistake. Yeah, did not approve of what she was doing, and he actively worked to get her to quit. Why? And his family. And he well, was let me just years. say, he was unequally yoked, so it's his fault. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I mean, biblically, biblically it's his fucking fault. Yeah. But interestingly, he encouraged her to become a Catholic, even though he was like a Protestant. Because he thought it would Presbyter- straighten her out, or what? I think he was like a Presbyterian. He thought that the Imagery. icon, right, yeah. yeah, and and the, 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 the pageantry the drama? would appeal to her, but would set her straight and get her out of talking to these <laughs> spirits. It was weird. So anyway, they were secretly married because her fa- his family didn't approve. And then he died. They weren't married, I don't think, mm-hmm. for very long. Maybe a few years, if that. Well, that's probably a good thing. But yeah, I don't feel couldn't... like that would have gone. Yeah, well. yeah, yeah. Not well, no, long. I take that back. She was married to him long enough to have children, so she did have some children by him. So, so they were married secretly. A couple of years, a few at years at least. And How do you secretly stay married and have kids? And have kids right? I don't know. By the time he had passed away, in order to honor him, she had she had stepped away from doing you know readings and stuff, and and then finally by the time he was gone, she missed him. She loved him. She started turning to booze. And alcohol, not unlike her father, who had been an alcoholic earlier in his life, she just, she really struggled. And then Kate married another spiritualist, but the pressure of of everything, she also turned to alcohol. And so both of them had serious alcohol issues. The only one who really didn't was Leah. Who was an adult when all this happened. She was the only person who could possibly have been emotionally prepared for it. Yeah. But, and that's probably where we're going to get to this uh, part where Maggie, at some point later in her life, she does renounce what they did. She, 1888. In yeah. 1888, she renounced it. She said... She was in her 40s or something. Yeah, yeah she, she said it was all a lie. Yeah. said it was all a lie. And it had been from the very beginning. Yeah. She said they used apples to make the tappings, and they used their toes to make cracking sounds mm-hmm. and things yep. like that. But she was also paid $1,500 to do it. So a lot of people think she made that... Uh, 
This is what people who support <laughs> spiritualism say that she did it for the money. Some people say she did it because she and Leah had a falling out because Leah had been openly criticizing her about her alcoholism, alcoholism and that she wasn't raising her children well. The yeah. people who want to believe in spiritualism and in the Fox sisters right. specifically insist yeah. that Ma- that Maggie's confession was false. And she did retract she it did a year later. She did a year later. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And sadly, though, she and Leah never did make it up. Actually, I think it was Leah, then Kate. They all died very and then, shortly. Like, within yeah. three years of each other, yeah. they they all passed away. No, like, not at particularly advanced ages. Right. But, in the meantime, with all the drama that was going on with these sisters, spiritualism was blossoming. It yeah. was yeah. growing. It was here in the United States. It was Across the pond. Oh, it was extremely... It, it, and it grew really, really rapidly. Really, really rapidly. The Fox sisters started ascending. Exactly. And part of that, another reason why people think that that happened was the Civil War happened during this time as well. Mm-hmm. And so you had people like Abraham Lincoln went to seances because he had lost a child. Yeah. So a lot of people... That was the reason they got into spiritualism. That was why they would go to these seances. They were grieving. They were grieving and they were trying to connect with their children and their loved ones. And mediumship was changing. It was going from just the wrappings and tappings to automatic writing and direct trance medium. And some of that was Kate and Maggie. And Um, some of it was. I think think it was Kate who, like pioneered automatic writing and she, she like really constantly evolving automatic writing yeah she would channel one spirit and speak and do automatic writing with another spirit simultaneously yep. and like write backwards and yeah it, it really evolved but at the same time you also had people moving into the physical mm-hmm. realm of the table tipping and the ectoplasm quote-unquote mm-hmm. and the, you know, so physical medium, physical mediumship. <laughs> so I think what you saw in this, which is why I, I feel like some of these accounts were probably true because I'm a medium. I, you know, I believe that there is contact with spirits that, that we can have because I've experienced it and I've experienced wrappings and tappings when I was a ghost hunter. I know those types of phenomena do happen, but I also think that there was a very, 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 very large contingent at this time of frauds. Uh, and the the problem Probably is a, a big yeah the problem, problem is that I think the overwhelming majority of professional mediums yep. were liars yeah and they've tainted the whole practice by association yeah, yeah exactly yeah. and exactly. a lot of them like so like William Stanton Moses who was a big English cleric and spiritualist mm-hmm, medium mm-hmm. in the UK refused to be tested. Refused mm-hmm. yep. to only have anybody but his friends over when he did a seance, mm-hmm. so they would attest to how great he was. Right. But that leaves yourself open for people uh, like Harry Houdini to come right. along and mm-hmm. say, "This is bogus." Yeah. Right. Yep. And he spent most of his former, you know, his, career, his yeah. later career debunking, de- uh, debunking and challenging mediums mm-hmm. and repeating what they were doing. Yep. There was a lot, a lot of fraud, but I do think that in there. There were people who were genuinely connecting with spirit and genuinely acting as mediums and probably the ones that were not being the big showboats. That's my thing. And they I were think having probably, the private parties yeah. and they were, 
inviting people into their homes and doing But like William Stanton Moses only had his friends in. Yeah. And he was caught with a bottle of liquid phosphorus, which would make your hands glow in the dark. They also said part of the problem with this era, especially the Victorian era, was, and Queen Victoria, by the way, was a proponent of of spiritualism. She had seances, too, as well as, obviously, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. Long long history. Long history there. Of noble peoples. Yep. Getting Um, divination and stuff. But they want, they wanted, the reason that these people could get away with this fraudulent activity was because that's what people wanted. They wanted the table to tip. They wanted the splash and the bang and they've the, done some, you know, they, they wanted that. They, yeah. They wanted theater. They've done some psych studies on this and they found that honestly, you don't even have to actually move the table. Just the power of suggestion will convince a third of participants later that the table moved even if it didn't. Right, yeah. Your father and I recently watched someone who, it was a TV program where someone was uh, investigating spiritualism and went to Lilydale, New York, where mm-hmm. a yeah. lot, where, yeah, where a lot of it, yeah, a lot of mediums are still, yeah, yeah, they it's retire a there. Village. Yes, it's, it's yes, one of them, right. yes. Lilydale yeah. is one of the one psychic of cities. The yep. psychic city. So anyway, he went to a group of spiritualists and they were sitting around a table and this sucker with this table, it was ridiculous. Yeah, yeah the table was tilting was, like if you'd had a glass on it, the glass would have been gone. It was rocky. It was like literally like twenty five to thirty uh-huh. degrees it tilt. Was the most it like, was so stupid. That's not. That's not ghost. That's no, yeah. not ghost at all. It's like okay, sure. The, you know, it was like I want to inspect that table. That's you got some animatronics. You got shit some, going some on. shit going on there because that was just ridiculous. <laughs> that was like movie magic. So, so before we go on, I just want to name. So there's like several, like six the, or seven communities, the psychic communities that are yeah. still in existence today. So if any of our listeners live near these, feel free to visit. Oh, check them out. Yeah. I would they love often, to... In fact, they often rely on tourism. Right, yep. And I would love to visit Lilydale. So it's Lilydale, New York. It is Etna, Maine. Onset, Massachusetts. Camp Chesterfield, which is a spiritualist camp, which is on the National Register of Historic Places. And it is in Indiana, in Chesterfield, Indiana. <laughs> the Wonewalk Spiritualist Camp which is in Wisconsin. I probably pronounced the name of that wrong, but that's okay. The Casadega in Florida, that actually is huge, that whole yeah. area. That's, yeah, they've got probably as many people living there as they, actually more than they do in Lilydale. So those are the yeah. ones that I know about. The major. The major ones, psychic yeah. Psychic community. Psychic community. So Lady Zed is like, road trip? <laughs> Join our tiger Amanda and relax with the salts of wonderful body co. These soaks and scrubs inspired by popular books and characters are designed to delight multiple senses. With fragrant scents and sparkling mica, you can also find a small selection of rollerball fragrances with a couple of dozen options available. You're sure to find something you'll like at Wonderful Body Co. Collection this week. Ode is recommending the Three Pagans and a Cat Collection, containing the Druid's Path, the Witch's Path, and the Heathen's Path. Salt and rollerballs. And rollerballs. You can find all that stuff at Wonderful Body Co. online at wonderfulbodyco.com or go directly to the shop at etsy.com forward slash shop forward slash Wonderful Body Co. And I am wearing Witch's Path as we speak. I absolutely love it. Yeah, I actually really like the Druid's, the, even the rollerball fragrance mm-hmm. for the Druid. Like, yeah. I'm like, this smells like something I can wear. Kind like of woodsy. Yeah, so it's woodsy. And so it, it's not offensive to my... To your delicate nose. My delicate nose, uh, which is great. sniffer. That's yeah. right. That's so... Right. 
Um, Car is actually super sensitive to to strong scents. People always assume that that I was making it up so that I didn't Mm -hmm. have to change diapers, but it really would. It It would make me rich. Yeah, and he's sensitive to all kinds of scents. He can't even walk past a Yankee Candle store. No, no. That's true. true. All right, right. so I did want to go back to what else could have kind of fed into this time being so... So uh, supportive of the spiritualist movement. So supportive and ripe (laughs) for this to happen. Apparently in 1830, Thirty-four. There were a couple. There were cases of these two women. One was named Rachel Baker, and the other one was Jane C. Ryder. And the first one, Rachel Baker, she was a country girl, didn't have a lot of education, but she would go to sleep, and then she would sit up, obviously still asleep, but she would just be like staring off into the distance, and then she would like perform these sermons, if you will. And they were not, the the person I saw reporting this said that they were not exactly orthodox, you know, as far as doctrinal content, content but they were powerful and impressive. And, and so she was tested by doctors. They wrote, like, pamphlets about her. It was a big deal. And then around, not, you know, around the same time or maybe a year or two later, Jane C. Ryder, she essentially was a remote viewer. She would go to sleep and then she would go into, she'd wake up or sit up and be in a trance, if you will. And she could go and she would, they would say, okay, go here or there to this location and describe it. And she would describe it exactly. And she'd never been there before. And so she, so remote viewing was, was a huge thing with her. Also the ability to basically, she would sleepwalk and she could do all kinds of things. I mean, that's not unusual. Lots of people sleepwalk. (laughs) But it, it moved from there into this remote viewing testing that they did. So they wrote lots of pamphlets Mm -hmm. about her too. So it was really big and it was in the news and people talked about that. And of course that around, you know, you had around the same time, around the same time. So, so there was a lot of unusual phenomena. There was a lot sure how to explain. Exactly. And then ghost stories were a big deal too. Obviously the ghost stories stories. will always be a big deal. Exactly. (laughs) So people were really primed for this spiritualist movement to happen. And uh, it was very loose as far as like, it was really more of a practice. Yeah, it wasn't a, it's, it's sometimes called a religion now. And if you go on to, cause spirit, they do have church. Mm-hmm. If you go on to the, I think National yep. Association of Spirituals Churches or something, they describe it as a, as a science, a philosophy, and a religion. Mm-hmm. I actually went and found out they formally organized in the 1920s, adopting, we talked about this before, a Christian church model. Mm-hmm. And then they have seven, tenants that they go by. One is the fatherhood of God. There's that that Christian thing. (laughs) The brotherhood of man, the communion of spirits and ministry of angels, the continuous existence of the human soul, personal responsibility, compensation and retribution hereafter for all good and evil deeds done on earth, and eternal progress for every human soul. Which I find funny is that those seven concepts, the person who came up with them was Emma Harding Britton, who left spiritualism and joined theosophy. And I think this is a perfect time for you to tell us about theosophy. Uh Perfect segue. Uh (laughs) So theosophy is basically, majority of it is based on the writings of 
Madame Blavatsky. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, Russian immigrant. Yes. Yep. I honestly don't know a ton about theosophy other than it came out of the spiritualist movement mm-hmm. and is way more conservative than the spiritualist movement in the and signs and wonders Yeah, portions. and it's mm-hmm. much more structured. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. Again, as we talked about earlier, is really where New Age mm-hmm. has, has kind of adopted Especially, out Especially, and I, the, I think the thing that really corresponds for me between uh, theosophy and the New Age movement mm-hmm. is a tendency to take and the, theosophy actually does this better than New Age communities do, but to take Asian religion and sort of mysticize it. Mm. Gotcha. And theosophy, so so like there are differing opinions about whether theosophy does this in a good way or a bad way, mm-hmm. even in Asian communities. Some of the basic tenets of theosophy are really heavily borrowed from Hinduism and Buddhism, mm-hmm. and then just adapted. But theosophy actually has like a like Blavatsky had a fascinating like mythology of the world and like yeah. how existence came about. She has like a fascinating cosmology. Yeah, and not everyone, not every theosophist subscribes to it, but like if you can, you can go find it. It's a really interesting read. But a lot of it draws on Hinduism and Buddhism right. and other South Asian Influences. religious traditions, and she claimed that she got all that information from some masters yes. who lived secretly in Tibet. Yep, and she did spend quite a bit of time of t- mm-hmm. in Tibet. So which I assume is where she... Well, I don't know if she got them from any like specific secluded masters, but she probably did learn about these traditions mm-hmm. right. there. And there are... So there are three objects of the... Theosophical? Thank you, society. And it's to form a nucleus of the universal brotherhood of humanity without distinction of race, creed, sex, caste, or color. Mm-hmm. To encourage the study of comparative religion, philosophy, and science. Mm-hmm. And to investigate the unexplained laws of nature and the powers latent in man. And I think yes. that's... Which so I think are three really yeah, good. Yeah, well, reasonable, reasonable, yeah, yeah. But yeah. And because it's more strict, it makes sense to me that she had started out as a spiritualist, but then moved on to this, to create this more structured form, mm-hmm. because one of the things was, it was very, spiritualism was very organic and decentralized mm-hmm. for a very, very, very long time. Right. For the, you know, a big portion, you know, from 1848 until... Until 1920. Until 1920. <laughs> yeah. It was really not... Yeah. formed as far as a belief system. It wasn't it wasn't an organization. Exactly. Now it had some benefits in that women it was very, very big with women and women could be leaders and they could become mediums to make, you know, money and blah blah blah. I just think that that fact that it was decentralized, that it didn't have like a formal like systematic way of looking and definitely didn't really have a scientific view of life. No. Which despite she, what they will despite insist. Despite what they will insist. It doesn't surprise me that she came up with her own system of yeah. belief and, and cosmology. And they actually after she died there was a schism. Yes. And so there are two different branches. Yep. Now uh one is based in India and that is on the Bassant. Yes, the Bassant so, line. Line, yep. And then the other one, I think, is the Judge line. And Bassant is one of the leaders of. Yeah, Annie, Annie Bassant, yeah. uh, who was actually like one of the first leaders after mm-hmm. Madame Blavatsky. And then there was a crisis in the Bassant line because Annie Bassant and his name starts with an L. I don't know if he was her husband or just her partner in theosophy, but Annie Bassant and her partner, whoever he was, discovered an Indian boy named Krishnamurti, who they believed would be the vehicle for Mm -hmm. the next world teacher. 
Because okay. the idea was that... Is that the Maitreya? Yes. Okay. So Lord Maitreya was supposed to be the one incarnation right. of the world teacher, and, and so was the Christ was supposed to have right. been an incarnation of the world teacher, and they believed that Krishnamurti would be the next incarnation of the world teacher okay. um, and had not yet been, like, prepared. Okay. So they essentially adopted him okay. and his brother, and then this became a legal guardianship battle that they, of course, won because they were British in India. And had money. Right. But so they uh, took guardianship of Krishnamurti, and he was very, very ill and was believed to be simple-minded because he struggled academically. He had had some health issues that made him sort of weak. He recovered somewhat while he was in their care. He was never academically gifted, so he didn't uh, eventually end up going to university, but like he learned multiple languages and mm. things like that. So he, he didn't right. have any developmental disorders. Right. He just wasn't academically gifted. Right. Um, that just wasn't his, his area. Gift, yeah. Mine um, either. Right. He was into sports and things. But so too. so he <laughs> you and Krishnamurti mm. soul bond. Mm. <laughs> um, but so Krishnamurti grew up believing that he would become a world teacher at okay. some point. Well when he was a teenager he started to struggle with the publicity that this caused that this mm-hmm. brought him because the theosophists obviously everyone in that branch knew he was supposed to become the world teacher they set up a whole organization dedicated to preparing the world for his ascension and everything so like his whole life revolved around eventually having some kind of lightning strike divine inspiration Mm -hmm. and people you know constantly lavished attention on praise and it was a lot of publicity and it was a lot of he struggled with that when he was a teenager and then when he was a young adult his brother who had been with him this whole time died Mm. and that was really difficult for him because a his brother was the only link he still had to his life before you know being discovered right and his brother had been sick and he had been promised that his brother would be okay by the theosophists and he wasn't and he wasn't and so he had been promised that his brother would be okay not only that he was not seriously ill but that because he had been led to believe his brother was critical to his life mission, he would not be allowed to die. And so when he did, this really sort of shook his faith Mm -hmm. in the movement. Mm -hmm. So then as a young adult, Krishnamurti, he dissolved the organization that had been put in place to oversee his ascension ascension as the world teacher Mm -hmm. and broke with theosophy entirely. Mm -hmm. And he did go on to teach and to write. And he, he proclaimed that like his mission was the freedom of every man from every organization. Gotcha. And so he, he, and like, he spent the rest of his life meeting with people and writing teachings. And he never called them my teachings. He called them the teachings. Mm-hmm, he mm-hmm. insisted that they should be freely available to everyone. everyone. On his deathbed, he insisted that there would be no successor, that whatever spirit he possessed would not pass on to someone else. Right. And that no organization should follow his death. And that none of the people who had learned from his teachings should claim that they could interpret them for others. Gotcha. Huh. Everyone had to interpret them individually. So he like, and, and there's an interesting argument to be made that he was a world teacher, mm-hmm. just not the way they thought he would be. Exactly. Right, yeah. But 
because he broke with Theosophy, this caused a huge rift in that branch. And they lost a third of their yeah their mm. people. Yeah, there was a huge loss yeah. uh, in the movement when yeah. he broke yeah. with it. But I think it's really interesting that I, I feel almost like, and his childhood was tragic. Right. Yeah. Agreed, yes. But I feel almost like by breaking with Theosophy at the time he did, whether he was divinely inspired or not, Mm -hmm. uh, he actually authentically became a really really interesting and valuable teacher. Yeah. Yeah. Very much so. Yeah. Yep. So are we ready for our new weekly? Mm Mm-hmm. Yes. We have a new weekly segment that we're starting. Yes, that's right. And And we're excited uh, about it. Right. We are significantly excited about it. So this one will actually be weekly, and all three of us are going to do it. Yeah. Yeah, we'll take so, turns. Yeah, we'll take turns doing it. And I don't really have a song for it. No. no. So this is the Ancestor Spotlight. That's right. All right. So today we're going to talk about Victoria Woodhull. Mm-hmm. Victoria Clayton Woodhull was born in September of 1838 and was the first female person. Mm-hmm. To run for president of the United States mm-hmm. on the equal rights ticket mm-hmm. before women had the ability to vote. Yes, this was right. suffrage. That's <laughs> right. So in 1870, she ran for the United States presidency with her running mate, abolitionist Frederick Douglass. I love it. Who was an escaped slave. That's right. Reminder. <laughs> That's right. It was so, wonderful. So this ticket. A white lady and the, a black man. Yes. The equal rights <laughs> ticket was Victoria Woodhull for president, woman, and Frederick Douglass, black man, for oh, vice president. Yep. Can you imagine how the world would have changed? Oh, my God. It would have been amazing. But Woodhull was a spiritualist. Yes. That's right. And actually made her living prior to moving on to run for president. Uh-huh. <laughs> Traveling the country doing magnetic healing. Mm-hmm. So we thought we would include Victoria here because, mm-hmm. you know, we're talking about spiritualism, so it kind of fits. She often referred to her spirit guide as Banquo's ghost from Shakespeare's Macbeth. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so very interesting woman. If you get a chance, certainly go read her Wikipedia page. There is, so we watch a lot of British television. Mm-hmm. So Sandy Tovig, who has been a huge part of, for the last couple of years, isn't anymore, of the Great British Bake Off. Mm-hmm. It's also a British comedian, um, although not originally from Britain, is from Norway originally. Uh, but she has this great program, and so I'm going to announce it here, because I think it's fucking amazing. So she has this program that everybody should adopt one female person on Wikipedia. Mm-hmm. Because Wikipedia is currently 90% White men. Woof. Yep. And so... That makes sense. Those are the people who mostly have time to right. sit at home and edit. Sorry, you're right, Rabbit. She's Danish, not Norwegian. But yeah, adopt somebody. So go find one that's either on yep. there and get all the information and adopt that. Or if you know somebody, add them. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. So it has to be somebody who fits. Not right. everybody, you know, like, we are not able to have a Wikipedia page. Not everyone page. needs a Wikipedia no, page. No, um, no. But if it's somebody who fits, please... Mm-hmm. Do that, especially women and people of color. That's yep. right. That's right. And yeah. part of adopting a Wikipedia page means monitoring it for vandalism. That's, That's right. exactly right. That's right. And uh, getting back to Victoria, though, yep. uh, I was reading in the book, actually, Talking to uh-huh. the Dead, she actually had some influence on uh, Frederick Douglass's belief in spiritualism as well. Mm-hmm. Yep. So he had an interest. I don't know if he was as... If he was, like, part of the movement. Part of the movement, like yeah. she was. But he definitely was interested in attendance of seances from what mm-hmm. I was reading. Yeah. And Woodall was very progressive 
certainly for her time. Yes. Very oh much a gosh, proponent yeah. of polyamory mm-hmm. and free love. Mm-hmm. Uh, very much a proponent of legalization of prostitution. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so she she was, I'm telling you, woman. if she had been the president... This world it, would be different. We would have a completely different United yeah, States. Exactly. I want to live in the timeline where that happens. <laughs> That's right. And then also there was a newspaper that she put out called Woodhull and Clayfin's Weekly. It had a national circulation of 20,000 in 1870. Uh, and it was mostly to support Woodhull for president. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it did publish for the next six years and was the first feminist weekly primary. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. So That's before... So cool. Before Gloria Steinem, <laughs> right? We had Victoria Woodhull who did all of that. She was a huge women's rights activist. She was very big into helping indigenous peoples mm-hmm. um, and felt bad about what we making, had done. Making yep. reparations. Well, that making reparations, yeah. Because spiritualism was about that. So it makes sense to me that she would be, you know, an abolitionist and a suffragette and civil rights for everyone. Right. And Yep. So anyway, if you get a chance, seriously, check out Victoria yep. Clayfin Woodhull. By far an incredibly interesting woman. She really, she really um, was. Yep. Very cool lady. And, Very uh, cool lady. Some, something that people definitely uh, want to see. There is actually an opera that was done by Victoria Bond called Mrs. President that is about her. Um, and it debuted, oddly enough, in one of the most Republican places in the world, Anchorage, Alaska, in 2012. <laughs> they are looking at doing a movie based on Victoria Woodhull that Brie Larson will be playing her, and Brie Larson is Captain America. Yeah, so, that would be uh, awesome. Yep. So hopefully that comes to pass. I hope right. So. Yep. Anyway, so that is the very first yes. ever Ancestor Spotlight. Spotlight. That's right. And they said it needs a song. And they, I know they said it needs a song. Yep. Yep. Now, and Rowan says, now that's a crossover. (laughs) One of the reasons that we're talking about spiritualism and theosophy today (laughs) is because both in either broad or minor ways had some effect on modern paganism. Some of those philosophies and beliefs and and experiences got folded up and became what is modern paganism, including psychic ability and spiritualism and all that kind of stuff. Syncretism. Yeah. Syncretism. Yeah. Exactly. Is a huge part of that. That's basically theosophy. Yeah. Exactly. So uh, and spiritualism really. Yeah, you know, theosophy took, more explicitly, I yes. think, because yeah. it had like the more structured like right. cosmology yeah. and yeah. things that like explicitly drew on Hinduism and Buddhism. But yeah, spiritualism had say, elements of that as well. I yep. would say once they organized in the twenties, they you know because I I attended a a, a spiritualist yeah. church. Tell a few us. Times. So you mentioned you've mentioned this before. Yeah. Tell us what that actual experience because I've never been to one. Yeah. Tell us what the whole experience was like from beginning to end. How much is it like? So what's the? It, it was it, like going to church. But is it? So this is my question: Is it more like Catholic church? Or more like charismatic. Yeah. No, no, it was <laughs> actually more like, more like it was actually more like Methodist. Okay. Really? It actually, yes, it was more like going to a mainline Protestant church. Okay, describe church. that experience for people okay. who've never been in a Protestant church. Because yes, I do think it is important for people to know that in in spite of the fact that spiritualism is not the big thing that it used to be. Churches do still exist yep. in almost every United States uh, city, mm-hmm. yep. and they're and they're actually getting bigger again in uh, over in Europe, is my understanding. Yeah. Yep. So I went to this with a friend, okay, because her mom had had been a spiritualist, okay. and uh, and so she was like, "You got to go with me." I was like, "Okay." <laughs> <laughs> so we go, and the first thing is it's like a coffee hour, right? right. Okay. So you're chit chatting, you're eating your cookies, you're. You're drinking, drinking your coffee, bad coffee, your, your bad coffee or your tea, <laughs> chit-chatting, and you had the opportunity to go get a reading 
from one of the mediums, and they had two visiting mediums from another church. Okay. For pay, though, right? For pay, yeah. yeah I had yeah. to pay ten bucks. Yeah. <laughs> How long was the private? Reading? It was thirty minutes. Okay. So yeah. ten bucks, thirty not minutes, bad. not bad. It's not no, bad. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it was. That's it was a thirty minutes. Yeah, I was gonna say that's and, really and good. This, and when I say small, this was a very small. I mean, there was maybe twenty people okay. at this, and I'm not even sure how they kept this place running. Right. But uh, but they donations, donations, yeah, yeah. and things like that, and they would bring in speakers from other churches. They did. I think they just had a loose leadership. Gotcha. They didn't have, but most I think most of the spiritualist churches either have like a leadership or they have one person who's kind of in charge. Right. So does the, is it like a laity then? So yeah. It's a lay, yeah. It's a so lay. No real like preachers. As far or, as at least in my experience, there was. Okay. So they had brought in a lay preacher, if right. you will. So after the the hour of socializing, um, you sit down and you pick up your hymnal. And you sing the songs. What songs they, are they? Uh, just are they the normal Christian songs? Or? No, they were spiritualist songs. Okay, you know, so they, they do they have were, their own hymnal. They have their own hymnal. Okay, okay I need to get a spiritualist hymnal. Yeah. yeah, it was in the, but it was in the same vein as so very same vibe, very same vibe. So we're gonna sing the first, second, and fourth. <laughs> they might have, they might have even had some Christian hymns in there because they do believe, as one of their tenets was, is that yeah, yeah. you know the fatherhood of, of God, God. Yeah. right? Yeah. So they do have. An overarching God, Father, Spirit entity. Okay. So, so, they, right? so they do sing, our God is an awesome God. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but it was very much, you know, it was very familiar for my growing up as a uh-huh, Methodist. Yeah. Right. So we sang the songs. But then, uh, and I think at some point there did was they, probably... Did they have a prayer? Yeah, they would. They had a prayer. Did you but have to then, kneal for the prayer? Could no, you, no, you that's Catholic. Okay. Okay. I mean, <laughs> well, I just want to make sure I wasn't getting calisthenics. I think they might have had a creed that they read. Okay. Um. Because keep then, in mind, I used to be a youth pastor in a Lutheran church, and which is a Protestant have, denomination. But, they but there's a lot of sitting, standing, standing kneeling. kneeling. Yeah. And I also want to point out that uh, this is based on a memory from like almost 20 years ago. Right, so I'm yeah. doing the best I can here. Um. And so I think there was then the the lay pastor, quote unquote, the lay speaker. The speaker. Right, yeah. Got up and shared a basic, nice, feel good, feel good spirit message. He did have some spirit communication between some individuals in the, you know, so he so, had messages. So yeah, he had spirit messages. Okay. Uh, from from relatives that were hanging out with people in the, you know, I think he said something to me about my grandmother. I'm I'm okay. not sure. Right. Not only could you get a reading that you paid for, but then as part of the service, there, there was, might be a message there might be a message for you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It was kind of like an open. After which a you do see, message. which I don't know if people people who have minute Protestant churches maybe don't know this, but that does sometimes just happen at churches. Mm-hmm. They're not supposed to be messages from, like, the spirits of the dead, but they are supposed yeah. to be, like, messages from God. I've got a message on my heart for you. That, that, that well, that's, uh, you've only ever really been to, um, like, Vineyard. Vineyard. Yeah, churches. I went to mostly word of charismatic knowledge. churches. Yeah, word yeah. about, that's spiritual gift churches. Yeah. At a Methodist church, you wouldn't have gotten that. No. Okay. Yeah. I mostly grew up in yeah. this kind of church. So, yeah. so this was very much more like going to a Protestant Methodist kind of situation. Except that with they the exception had, of right. the mediumship. Was, yeah. at the, right. And then I think we sang another hymn, and then we were done. It was about an hour. Yeah. You know, very typical service. Sounds boring. Yeah, I don't know. Um, and then I also... That's the only thing about, like, charismatic churches, is they're not fucking they're not boring. boring. That's true. But the sermon gonna, is... Someone's going to fall the fuck over yeah. at a charismatic church. <laughs> I was sitting there going, this is very nice. It's just like church when I was a kid. Um, and then I did go with my friend a few times to a mediumship training class, because that is also something that spiritualist churches teach. Mm-hmm. Right. Anyone can be a medium, mm-hmm. and anyone can be taught. Yep. 
to do now. So what did they teach you about physical mediumship? Because they do still yes, practice they do. and believe in physical mediumship. And the room that we went into had the stuff. If they want, they that wasn't what the point of the of this but particular. Had the stuff. They had the stuff. They had horns and they had stuff that you know could tambourines and things that could be moved or uh-huh. or manipulated by spirit if it, if they wanted to uh-huh. but we didn't do physical mediumship this was actually a mental Did mediumship Did you look for like strings or No or, no uh, it was it was all wire. Just, No there was none of that stuff there you, you, but, you didn't check for the tr- the tricks the trapdoors no, no. yeah Um but uh but no we it was just one of the it was like a choir room we went into <laughs> and we were all just we all just sat in a circle and it was a mental mediumship class gotcha. as opposed to a physical mediumship class but they do, friend told me she had been to some physical mediumship classes and they put a table in the center of the room. They put all the instruments on top of it and then they turn out the lights. That's how, uh-huh. the, that's how right. the mediumship. Thing. You know, I, I got to say, if spirit wants to blow a fucking trumpet, it should be able to do it, it should with, the be able to do with, the, with the lights on. <laughs> like you don't need to have the lights off for that shit. Yep. And, um, and they turned the lights off for the mental mediumship too. Huh. It was just part of how the spiritualists practice their seances. They always do them in, in the, the dark. They always do them in the dark. I've never had any trouble communicating with spirit in, What's in the daylight. Yeah. Yeah. That's the other thing, you know, um, I was, I forget who it was. It might have been Hans Holzer. Hans Holzer, who is a, a pretty, Preeminent in the ghost hunting realm, he's mm-hmm. written lots of books yeah. and stuff like does. Yeah, the name shows, sounds familiar. Yeah, yeah, Hans Holzer. He says if you cannot do your ghost hunting in the broad daylight and still get legit. evidence that it's not legit, yeah. I, yeah, I yeah. thoroughly agree. <laughs> and that, yeah. and he was specifically talking about the fact that anytime you see these paranormal mm-hmm. shows yes. on TV, they, it's always you know yeah, in the dark, dark and it's with you know infrared cameras flashlights and flashlights and, yeah. and, yeah, and things like that. running where, down their nose. Oh wait, no, that's Blair Witch Project. I can, but, I, and, yeah. that's, and that's when you you when you do that, you're setting up the circumstances yeah. to like you you are at the ideal circumstance to get some kind of camera malfunction. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yep. And well, convince yourself it, it's a and I'll say, and, you know every little hoot from an owl right? and crack of a spooky. stick from yeah. Now, everything because I you know it really affects your psychology. Yeah. People may or may not know that for a couple of years I was a ghost, a ghost hunter. hunter. Uh-huh. I worked as a medium for a ghost hunting team, and we did a combination of both. We would do stuff with yeah. mediumship, but but no what I'm saying is we would do stuff with lights on. Oh, yeah. yeah. And we would stuff with lights off. Right. We did both because we wanted to get a baseline. But when did you get your both. most... Re- okay. Yeah. We would get it both with the lights brought, you know, on and... I mean, I think I went to one ghost hunting thing with you. But ever. that was outside. It was outside. Yeah. Yeah. No, two. Yeah. And two, because I, I, I went to... The bridge. Right. And I went to a cemetery. Yeah, and yeah. both of those were outside. Finn Odinson says, but it heightens, quote unquote, your other senses. Mm-hmm. And Melkor in the Void says, the dark adds to the, the drama. drama. Yeah. Yep. But no, so we would do, we would do both. I will be honest with you, nine times out of ten, when you go on a ghost yes. hunt, nothing happens. Despite what those TV shows try to mm-hmm. tell you, it is usually very boring. Usually nothing yeah. is going on. And, and out of that one out of ten times that something happens, nine out of those ten times, you can explain it's what's an going explainable on. phenomenon. But yeah. I will say... But that one out of twenty times. That's right. There, I will say that we had uh, several inter- instances that I was a part of, because I was one of three mediums that worked on this team, and I can, you know, I can count on one hand how many times this happened, but where we had actual phenomenon, 
both in the light and in the dark and, you know, repeatable without, you know, being able to explain Mm -hmm. why those things were happening. And we got some interesting stuff on on camera and on on tape and things like that. So Yeah, you've had a few interesting EVPs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I totally believe that this phenomenon is real. I do believe that that most of the time it can either be explained by what's going on in the environment Um, or, or by can- or equipment, or equipment, things like that. I mean, you will not, con- I'm not an easy convinced by orbs and, and things that you see on film and mm-hmm. stuff you like mean that. dust particles? Yeah, the yeah. dust particles. Yeah. <laughs> Ironically, as one of the mediums on the yeah, team, one I was one of the most people skeptical on the people on the team. Because right. you, you know? would be like, yes, I do sense a spirit here, but that photo's bullshit. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Essentially. Yeah. yeah, a spirit's here, but you did not capture did it on not film, man. You capture it on film, you know. So it was it was an interesting dichotomy to be one of the psychics and be one of the most skepticals. So I do believe this stuff can happen. That's why I say even with all the the fraudulent shit that went on in during the height of the spiritualist movement, because you had the photography, the linen, the double, you the double yes. exposure, and the the phantasms, and you had the table tipping, and you had all that stuff. But I do believe that there was genuine spirit contact well, that happened think, in that time as well. I think there could have been people who did that. That stuff fraudulently, but still had spirit still communication. Had, yeah, I still had other authentic Right, experiences. exactly. I honestly yeah. believe. So, you know, I don't... I, there, It's not a either or. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. It can be a both and. Yeah. And... It's just frustrating for me that there's so much fraud there, because it makes yeah. it so hard to sift out the, the authentic exactly. experience. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And, and at this point, it's not like we can talk to any of them unless no, they, no, exactly. unless they <laughs> decide to come visit. <laughs> Honestly, of the Fox sisters, I honestly believe Kate was the one. The youngest one? The youngest one. Yeah, yeah. Who was actually having some kind of contact. She's the one I actually believe. I think Leah probably glommed on. Yeah. You know, yeah. Because, because, you know, was, there was money involved. Exactly. Yeah. It was, um... And there may have been some fraud going on with Maggie. It's hard to say with her because right. she, you know... She flip-flopped. She flip-flopped. Yeah. But I honestly believe that of the three, I do believe, at least at some point, maybe not all the time, but I do believe that, that Kate actually had some mediumship ability going on. Melkor said, just because you can summon something doesn't mean you can communicate with it. Mm-hmm. Also true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And sometimes you're summoning something you don't necessarily want to communicate with. Our Tiger R. Darren is offering intuitive readings <laughs> and divination. With over a decade of experience working with spirit, tarot, ruins, and tea leaves, make an appointment for a reading with our Darren on Facebook at our Darren's Auguries or find him on Instagram at Instagram.com forward slash our Darren's Auguries. That's not something you can't communicate. Ask our Darren. That's yep, right. Exactly. That's right. <laughs> No, I, I just find it very interesting, you know, that modern paganism has been affected by both spiritualism and theosophy. One of the things I found out was some, the Summerlands is actually yeah. a concept that is both talked about in theosophy. In fact, I believe it was, I'm looking, it was Andrew Jackson Davis, who he picked it up from Emanuel Swedenborg's work in The Great Harmonia. <laughs> the Great Harmonia is what Swedenborg wrote. Yep, and he them. talks about that Summerlands is the highest sphere of the afterlife that one would hope to achieve. Yeah, because he wrote, I think, about Three Heavens and yeah, Three Hells. Yeah, Three Heavens and like an intermediary. Exactly. Yeah, so Emanuel Swedenborg is one of the people that I like studied when mm-hmm. I was in Christianity because I was always on the 
the, the fringier of, the side, yeah. side of Christianity. Yep, yep. And so, uh, yeah, Swedenborg and, you know, those kind of people were the kind of people I read. So. Also, and, and I think was it Swedenborg who said that God didn't send anyone to hell. People sent themselves to hell and yes. kept yeah. themselves there yep. by, by their own guilt. Yep. Yes. And then C.W. Ledbetter also said that he That's taught, who it was. That yeah. was, that was Besant's partner. Yes. And Ledbetter. Ledbetter taught that Summerlands was, was the place that a spirit went between incarnations. And right. that is essentially what I think both spiritualists picked up on because they still call the Summerlands, but also Wicca. Yes. Wicca, Wicca talked about adopted the Summerlands. The Summerlands. Yeah. And I think most Wiccans are not aware that that's a spiritualist concept. No, I don't think they are either. So yeah, I I didn't know. You know, yeah. I talk about the Summerlands, and Actually, I did not realize it was. If you go back far enough, the Summerlands isn't that even a spiritualist thing. Yeah, it's because Emanuel Swedenborg it's a, it's about a, it's it. a Christian, it's a Christian thing. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's one a, of the three heavens. Yep, exactly. Yeah, so it's originally a a fringe a fringe Christian, Christian yeah. concept. Yeah. Uh, um, it would it be heretical? Uh, in some people's yeah. views, <laughs> yeah, yes, <probably>. yeah. <laughs> Yep, exactly. So, so it's a, it's an adopted Christian heresy. Yeah, yeah. So Swedenborg actually like transitioned his life. He started out as a scientist mm-hmm. and then became somebody who had revelations yeah. from God. Revelations? Right? Revelations, okay. yeah. So a and revelator. Then, right. And then became a mystic. Right. So right. yeah, it's a very interesting well, uh, yeah, life stages. Right, exactly. That reminds me, there was apparently a famous chemist who became a spiritualist, and he created a machine mm-hmm. that you would uh, ask the spirit questions, and the spirit would use the machine oh. to answer by, and it somehow manipulated an alphabet oh. and would spell out the words. And he got into so much trouble because, like, he was uh, like with the scientific community, uh-huh. and he was like in these really vaunted societies, you know, and stuff like that. And so eventually they drummed him out of those of those scientific communities, but they couldn't diminish his his work in chemistry and the right. things he did. So they just kind of expunged his spiritualist <laughs> history and history <laughs> and just talked about his specific his chemistry. Chemistry and specific things that he did for academia and just kind of just glossed, just glossed over, over the, the spiritualism stuff. But apparently he was just like Conan Doyle and some of the others. He was really hard into it, like yeah. hardcore spiritualist. Yeah, uh, Sherlock Holmes notwithstanding, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle was not a skeptic. No. Speaking totally of Sherlock it. Holmes. Oh, yeah. There's a new movie coming out. Is there? With yeah. With Robert Downey Jr. They're making another one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 All right. Completely <laughs> off the topic, but yeah. Well, Sherlock Holmes. Somebody brought up Sherlock Holmes. I had to bring up the knowledge I have in my head. That's true. That's how right. my life works. Um, is, so, that, is that everything I think so, because, I mean, it's, I think it would be interesting for people who are pagan or, you know, in, yeah, to look into this. If, to look into this. If this you, is one of the influences on our Exactly. It, it influenced, it influenced the Golden Dawn, which influenced Gardner. So the majority of writings of Madame Blav- Blavatsky you can find mm-hmm. for free mm-hmm. on Internet Archive. All of Emanuel Swedenberg's writings can mm-hmm. be found on Internet Archive. Excellent. And there's a ton of them. Most of them have been translated from their original Latin, but they are very close to the original because I actually, and at the time, read them both. both. Yeah, I don't know for sure, but you might actually even be able to find Andrew Jackson Davis's work. Right. Yeah, maybe. Yep. So feel free to look up those people and Mm -hmm. find any of their stuff. 
a and lot it, of that stuff honestly should be out of copyright. Yeah. Now, so. yep. And if you're interested in a very well thought out, not influenced by the spiritualist movement or the spiritualist church yeah. biography of the, of the Fox, of the Fox sisters, sisters, get Barbara Weisberg's Talking to the Dead. Kate and Maggie Fox and the Rise of Spiritualism. It's it was Bar- printed in two thousand seven. You can get it on Kindle. Barbara Weisberg is kind of the um the guy who wrote Stations of the Sun. Oh uh yeah, Ronald Hutton. Yeah, she's kind of the Hutton of that of right. spiritualism. Yeah. yeah. So she she has a very it's a very well written, it's very entertaining to mm-hmm. read because she she puts it in a way that you feel like you're actually watching these girls live their lives. She's, right. She's, she's, she's a good narrative writer. She's a good narrative writer. So I highly recommend the book. Awesome. All right. This will be a shorter one. Of, of spiritualism, theosophy. That's yeah. complete. Yeah. That's right. But I just think there are a lot of people who don't know that much about it. So. Yeah. And the fact, <laughs> no corset and yes. no bloodshed. <laughs> well, and I, I think because, you know, it is one of the, it's an influence, but it's not, it's not like, Overt in yeah. paganism, it's subtle. It's it just subtle. sort of sneaks in there. Yeah, it's which very, I think is why subtle. people need to actually do research into it, so that Find out what when they so that they can recognize it when they see it. Exactly, exactly, because <laughs> there is a lot. There's actually a lot of underpinnings of the New Age and Theosophy mm-hmm. and, and spiritualism throughout paganism in the various traditions yep. and things like yeah. that. So a, lo- a lot of concepts sort of starting there that you will see growing uh-huh. in the pagan community. Yeah, that's exactly. right. Yeah. That's right. So. And like the Theosophical mm-hmm. Society is still around. Yeah. So they have an American version. They have a spiritualist church church as well that you can visit. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, all of these things are still around. They're smaller than they used to be in the yeah, 1920s yeah. 19, through 1940. Mm-hmm. But quite honestly, we seem to be going back to those times anyway. Yeah, we're seeing a resurgence. So, so <laughs> um, maybe it's time we look into some of those things mm-hmm. again. But, yeah, that's it for us. You can find us on Google mm-hmm. by typing in the number three. Pagans and a Cat. That's it. Pretty much. That'll find everything. <laughs> Gwen actually does a blog on Patheos, right. Under Three Pagans and a Cat. Ode is supposed to blog on there, but never does. Never ever does. Uh, <laughs> I have not committed to actually writing anything on there, so it's mostly just Gwen. That's right. And then, again, we do, Gwen does the Monday through Friday. Mm-hmm. Meditations. Meditations. I do the Sunday Hangout. I'm um, on the Discord. That's Ode right. is on the Discord, so but comments, unless you at Ode, you may not see a comment. Yeah. But if you're at Ode, you'll probably get a comment. Yep. And then we are doing something for Summer Solstice. Is that correct? Yes. We've mm-hmm. talked about that because, unfortunately, yes. in our area... Michigan and Pagan Fest has been canceled. It's been canceled. Officially Official canceled. announcements. Yep. Um, so we are going to do, we haven't figured out quite yet how, how. we're going to do it, yeah. how we're going to do it either in terms of ritual or mechanically. Yeah. But we're going to do um, a basic, you know, introduction of how we do syncretic ritual yep. and then do a summer solstice ritual for you guys in yep. our yep. style. We're not going to get too deep into the mechanics of that because we do have an episode planned for that yep. Uh, yep. in August. But figure something out and let you all yep. know what we're going to do for that. Yep. And we'll have to figure out how the camera yeah. is well, going to work. We'll have to figure out the mechanics of it. All yeah. the mechanics of it. But we, as soon as we know, we'll let you guys know. Yep. And we yep. We were planning this for the summer solstice. Yep. Yep. So that's it. Thank yeah. you guys very much. We enjoyed spending time with you. As and always. And thank you to all of our new patrons. Mm-hmm. And I think we're done. I can click stop. You can click stop. Okay. You can click, well, just wait. Okay. Wait. What do you want to say? We have to say goodbye. Goodbye. Oh, God. Okay. Goodbye. goodbye. <laughs> now I can click stop? Yes. Are you sure? Well. I'm cutting this part out. Aw. <laughs> this is the funny part. I Press the button.